Hey, Online Business Edge podcast listeners, Jared here. This week's episode was recorded live in front of an audience at Kajabi Hero Live in Austin, Texas. So there's going to be a little bit more background noise than you're used to in a typical podcast. But since so many of you couldn't be there in person, we wanted to ensure that you got a taste of some of the amazing content shared during the event. With that, let's get to our conversation with Jen Blandos, founder and CEO of Female Fusion. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Online Business Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. and welcome to the Online Business Edge podcast by Kajabi. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I'm joined by my friend, Jen Blandos. How's it going today, Jen? Hey, Jared. Great. I just finished speaking on stage, so I'm so energized right now. Yes, this is such a exciting moment for us on the podcast as well, because we never record in front of people and we are joined by a... I'll call this a live studio audience. It's really just a live conference in motion around us. Um, but yes, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day, speaking and showing up here. Oh, you're welcome. Um, let's just get right into it. Give us just a quick 15 second elevator pitch on who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Jen Blandos. I'm the founder and CEO of Female Fusion. Female Fusion is a membership for female entrepreneurs. And we cover everything from women who are just starting up all the way to eight-figure businesses. And basically, we are the professional network that helps you start, build, grow, and scale your business. So, so important in the entrepreneurial journey to have that support and have that community. Um Tell us, uh, I guess, first of all, how you got started. What were you doing before this? Yeah, well, you know, Female Fusion came as a result of having a Facebook group that had female entrepreneurs on it. And in the, the pandemic, people lost their jobs, people lost their, their businesses, and they were like, I need to make money. How do I do that? And all of these conversations were be, being had on Facebook. And I was like... I can use my knowledge and my experience to be able to help them, but it can't be for free on a Facebook group because it's so much deeper than um, what we can offer on a Facebook group. So created a membership from that. And I've always looked at my membership as what is it that I would need in my business? Because I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. Um, I never intended to go into entrepreneurship professionally. Um, I started out my career. I had a degree in politics and I, I grew up in Canada. And when I was 24 years old, I was like, I want to see the world. And I jumped on a plane with my dog 
wanted to go to France because at that time I thought French guys were really hot. <laughs> and I was like, I want to go to France. But ended up having a job in Belgium. And so I worked in PR and communications in Brussels. And then I was in Stockholm and Belgrade and London and all of these different places. And when I arrived in London, I had I had been working for big PR agencies. My specialization was trade disputes and mergers with the European Commission and World Trade Organization. Super boring, but I thought it was quite <laughs> fascinating stuff. And I went back to London and I was like, it's really so easy to get a job. I have all this experience. I've been running teams. I worked for Edelman PR, which is one of the big PR agencies, and I had a very high-level job. I was like, it's going to be so easy to get a job. And I arrived in London and nobody would hire me. They were like, one, you don't have a British accent, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and you don't have London experience and you don't have London contacts. And I tried for about three months to find a job and I couldn't find a job. And I was like, well, I need to work. I'm here. I need to be able to work. So I thought I'll set up a company and I'll freelance. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to use that to make some money and go find a job. And what I... What, so the business that I set up is I was doing PR, but then what happened is a lot of my clients were coming to me and saying, can you train my team? Can you show them how to do PR because they're not very good at it, even though they're in communications? And so I started focusing more on training and training in PR and communications because that sort of company didn't exist back then. So after a year, year and a half, I had a seven-figure business in pound sterling and 15 people working for me. And I was like, okay, I think I have a business now. I didn't, I didn't have any knowledge about running a business. And all of a sudden, just kind of intuitively made these, these decisions. And, what, and, and this is what really motivated me with Female Fusion as well, is that I was just thinking I could imagine how much further I could go, how much bigger I could have been in business faster and made better decisions if I had that knowledge for running a business. Because there are things, you know, where you need to ask people. You can look online, but you're not going to get all of the information. You're not going to get it all in one place. And so my business grew. Um, and kind of up and down. And then the recession hit in 2009. And so in 2009, I remember, I remember the day because the day before I had had a board meeting because I was at that time, I was going big. Like I was multiple seven figures and I was like, we're going to franchise this. We're going to all of these countries had this massive plan. And then the very next day, Lehman Brothers collapsed. And within two weeks, about 75% of my clients had freaked out with all of this and cancelled their contracts. And at that time, I only had an office in London and Brussels. So in Brussels, my contracts were fine because that was all like European Parliament Commission, all of that sort of stuff. No problem. But a lot of my clients in the UK were like, no, we, we don't know what's happening. We think a recession is happening and everything got cancelled. I was also pregnant at the time with my second kid. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose my house. So I got on a plane and I flew all over the world for six weeks. And I was like, there has to be places in this world where there's going to be business. You will hire me and hire my business. And I ended up winning 
a couple of big contracts, um, particularly in the Middle East. So I went to, um, to the UAE and I won a contract, a very, very big contract with the federal government there. And they hired my company to create the first communication strategy for the UAE government and all of the federal government entities. So this was like, two, actually, this was 2008. Um, it was like a huge deal. And I was like, oh, finally, okay, I'm not going to lose my house. But then they said to me, they're like, but you need to set up a business here. You're not servicing it from London. You need to set up a business here. So I was like, okay, I'll go to... Dubai for a year, set up my business, then I'm going back to London. Loved my life in London. Everything was perfect. And then I arrived in the UAE and it blew my mind how different business was there, how many opportunities there were. So there was like a recession all over the world, yet in the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Bahrain, all of these places, it was booming. It was like completely different from the rest of the world. And I was like, hello. It's a great place to have a business. <laughs> so um, I built my business there and I built a very big uh, kind of management consultancy for PR and communications and a training business. Um, but then I, in 2020, I walked away from all of that. And, you know, there are various reasons for that. One of the reasons was that um, my business partner was my ex-husband. Um, our marriage had broken up a number of years before. And in the pandemic, I was like, I really don't want to work with my ex-husband anymore. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I had had plans that I was like, I'm going to build up this business and exit. And 2020 was my year that I was going to exit. And then I didn't because the pandemic happened. And at that point, I thought I would rather walk away with nothing and start over than work with my ex-husband. So that's what I did. And that's kind of where female fusion came from, that I was like, I have so much knowledge from all over the world of how to run a business. And I see so many mistakes and challenges that female entrepreneurs have. And if they have the support of somebody like me or other people that I can bring to them to help them, that that changes the game for women. And you know, women are disadvantaged when it comes to, to business and we get less funding and investment. We get less procurement opportunities. We get one to two percent of procurement opportunities globally. And I'm, I'm all for equality and everybody having a fair chance. And I, you know, I, I do still believe that, um, the best person should win contracts, but also as well, it means that you need to have a fair and equitable process in how you find people. And what I've discovered is you don't have a fair and equitable process anywhere in the world. And so we do a lot of work around that as well. But just the power of bringing together women and supporting women, it's really what I do now. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And such a, I think, important focus for someone who is in really any stage of the journey, but in particular, as you're just getting started out, no, let's just say that across the across the entire board, there are enough places for us all to fail. That any time we have an opportunity to learn from someone else's mistakes, yes, like the value of skipping that one so we can get to our next one is so critical. Honestly, and I've made so many mistakes, right? You know that I've lost so much money in business. I've had 
amazing things happen, but then I've also made decisions which have cost me money. And I'm very open with that about people because I'm, I'm not embarrassed. You know, I sort of say to people, it's natural that we make mistakes in business. It's natural that we fail. And I, I refer to it as failing forward that we take those, those challenges that happen to us in business as an entrepreneur and learn from them. And so that's what's great about female fusion is you have access to, to not only me, a whole community of amazing women who are going to hold your hand and help you. Or you might be a seven and an eight figure business and not know how to do something. And you have access to people who will help you and support you. Well, I think you just you illustrated that point so well with your own journey into business, how you developed a seven-figure business off of some intuition and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I hope hope some some maybe some good friends who maybe helped you along the way, but like like Well, do you know network is so important. It's so important for everybody. And I say to to our members that your network is your network. And if you are going to have a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, it's so important that you surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up and who are going to support you. And it's not just, um, you know, with female fusion, of course, what we do is very female focused, but, you know, I believe that we should be networking with everybody. And we have like some amazing men that really support our community. We do a lot of things like that as well. Network is essential. Yes, yes, so crucial, and just that community aspect, uh, I think, is uh, really, really, really critical um, because, like, the journey itself, like, it doesn't come with a training manual. There's no, you know, no matter how many books are written, there's no recipe that covers all of the things that you're going to encounter. And so, like, even if you know whether it's your community or maybe if it's you know just meeting up with some people, um, you know, that networking process is so critical. Yeah. To get you started. Yeah. I mean, networking is great to get started. Um, so many things um, wh- when it comes to business. I would say that networking is probably one of the, the biggest keys for setting up a business. But also as well, knowing that it's an amazing journey, but it's also a lot of hard work. But the thing that I love about being an entrepreneur is that we have the ability to make money with anything. And when you say that to people who aren't entrepreneurs, they think that you're crazy. They, they're they like, what are you talking about? You know, because when you have a, a day job working nine to five, you take home your salary every month where we look at it. And, you know, there will be times when you go, you know what? I need an extra $30,000 this month or an extra 5,000 or 10,000. What am I going to create and sell to go and get that money? And can you imagine like, when you work that out, when you work out how to do that, the, the control that you have over your life is so powerful. Yes, yes. Well, uh, take us through a little bit uh, into the membership and beyond. Do you, uh, outside of the membership, do you have any other digital products that you work on? Um, yeah, we do. Well, we have... Um, so the membership is the main thing. And uh, I'm a big believer because... I, I really want to be able to have a community that supports everyone. And, you know, I always joke with people and say, because when we talk, especially with digital businesses, everyone's like, you have to niche down, niche down, niche down, be as niche as you can. I've gone the opposite where I am so not niche, but, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way because the power, like if you're just starting out to be able to connect with 
women who have 10, 15, 20 years of experience and are willing to share their knowledge with you, it's going to take weeks, months, or years off of that entrepreneurial journey for you. So that, I love the fact that, you know, I wake up every morning and it's like, how can we help you? Um, and our membership, so part of it is network and having access to a global network, but then also through Kajabi, um, we have a um, an online portal, which has everything that you need to run your business. And it is really from how do you start a business and how do you do research? How do you create a business plan? How do you create digital products? You know, we're big, super fans of Kajabi. So we've even done things about showing our members how to create courses or memberships in, in Kajabi. Um, so we have all of that. But then other things that we do, we do have a few other programs. So for example, we have things like how to get clear on your business idea and go through, you know, it's, it's a mini course. It's about three hours long, but it's one of those key things that if you're not sure if you want to have a business or not, don't go out and pay to incorporate your business or register your business. Get very clear on all of that first and really do the research and work out what that business is going to, to look like. And then we have a, a bigger product that um, we've just taken Evergreen. We're going to be launching it shortly called the Business Blueprint, which is um, 10 weeks of basically detailed everything you need to go from your idea all the way to launching your business and the first 90 days after that as well. So those are kind of the things that we focus on. And then we do um, live events as well. So we have live events in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, London. We'll be doing some in Edinburgh and um, a few cities in Australia as well. And then we encourage our members to do live events as well, sort of local, so they can connect. Very cool. Well, help, help us understand if I'm someone who's thinking about starting my first membership, like maybe you can share a little bit more into your journey on how you you know got that first member, um, <laughs> first ten members. Like that's the biggest stretch I think in the process. Yeah. Well, I think because um, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, "Oh, how did you create a membership? I want a membership." And th- the first thing I would say is that you want to be really clear if you're prepared to put in the work to have a membership. I'm going to be completely honest with that. That. If you're somebody who wants to work on a membership for two hours a month, a membership is not for you because it does require a lot of work. And especially as your membership grows, you really need to nurture that membership. But it is so unbelievably powerful what you can do through a membership. So when we launched, when I launched the membership, I had no idea what I was doing. And I said this on the, the panel today when I was speaking is that don't spend all of your time overthinking it. If you have an audience, now for you to be able to have a membership, you need to have some kind of audience. I wouldn't recommend going and saying, oh, I'm going to launch a membership. I don't have a mailing list. I don't have a following on social media. If you're at that stage where you're at ground zero, you want to spend some time first on building your audience, collecting email addresses. Email addresses are key. That is the golden ticket within your business is to build up an email list as big as you possibly can. And when you work out the formula for that, that becomes a very powerful tool for marketing. So I know when we send out an email, we're, we're very consistent with our emails. So we send out an email every Monday morning to our list and it's all segmented for different people that when we send that out, 
we always have our biggest sales days on a Monday. Um, because people buy because they're like, Oh, I forgot that you had that. Oh, I'd like to buy that. Um, so that's very powerful. So I would say to people, if you have zero, work on building your community. You probably want to have at least a couple hundred people on your mailing list to start with and have people following you on social media, or you could create a, a an online group. So for example, Facebook is normally where people start with that. And if you have a Facebook group, that's a great way to do it. And I would advise people as well to make it that not anybody can join, that you have joining questions and you also ask for their email addresses. So we make it one of those questions that if you want to join, it's not mandatory, but I would say probably 70 to 80% of people give us their email address and they go on our, our mailing list. Um, next, I would say as well is not to be afraid to launch. Okay. Because you could sit in your head for three to six months and think, well, <laughs> you know, I've got it. And I did this, like when I launched my membership, I was like, oh, we need to have like these courses in there. We need to, you know, have these master classes. And I said about like, I work quite fast. So I said about in a period of six weeks, I think I recorded about six or seven courses. So they were already like in the membership. And I look at that now and I'm like, why did I do that? You don't need to do that. Um, think about what the structure of your membership is, is going to look like and have a plan. Now, what I would say to people where they fall into a hole with the membership is that they haven't planned it out well enough. So I, I would say that you want to be very clear on what the deliverables are of your membership every month and plan it out for at least like six months to a year. So we were kind of rolling 12 months schedule. And we just started doing that before it was kind of like three, four months in advance. But I found that, you know, you would get so busy that before you'd know it, you'd be like, no, <laughs> what's happening next month. And I find that that helps with membership retention as well, that we publish to our members like 12 months in advance. These are the topics that we're covering. I also recommend to people that depends upon your membership, but what we do is um, we have a theme for every month. So every month has a theme and I think about very clear outcomes. So I want people to be in my membership and never leave. I want them to be like, this is like the most essential resource for my business. I am never leaving. So I look at my membership like that. And when we plan out content, I deliver a masterclass every month, except in December. And then I have um, three masterclasses that are delivered by experts from around the world. And the reason why we have so much, again, is startups all the way to eight-figure business. So we need to have things that will be on every touch point because you need to keep everybody happy. But having a plan and a framework and being clear with your members on what is what is included is really important. Yeah, I mean, I I love that. I love the the you know there is the focus on niche down, but I, I go broad too. Like, I mean, you have a bigger pool to fish from. Um, maybe in in your experience, uh, was it harder for you to I guess build that audience or find your audience when you were working from a bigger pool with a broader focus? Um, for us, no. Um, and I think the the reason is. I mean, we were already offering a lot of value in the Facebook group and too much value. And I say to people as well, like, don't give away everything for free in your Facebook group, because then 
for the first year, what I was having happen is people were like, well, why would I join? Because I get everything for free in the Facebook group. And so I made a conscious effort with our free Facebook group. Like I think we're sitting at about 24,000 in our, our free Facebook group at the moment is that we don't put any content in there. My team does not answer anything. It's more of like a peer to peer support. And I've even changed the name of the Facebook group because initially we called it Female Fusion. And then everybody was like, I'm a member of Female Fusion. <laughs> We're like, no, you're in a free Facebook group. So we completely changed the name and we put free group in brackets next to it. So then as well, you know, when people would be like, I'm a member, we're like, no, you're in the free group. <laughs> if you want the gold, you come into the, into the paid group. So it took about a year to, to get to that point. And then what was happening is it was almost like word of mouth that we were having so many people say, you've changed my life. You know, like because of, because of female fusion, I've won contracts. I've gotten discounts on business services. It's made it easier for me to, to run my business. I've made connections. I've made collaborations. I've grown my business. I have one member who attributes about $600,000 worth of business every single year to female fusion, just like through the, the networking and the connections. And that's what it, what it really is too. And as you start to build your membership, you want to be able to show those, those sorts of results as well. So given that you, I guess, I don't know, you said it, you advise people not to do this, but like given that you gave away so much for free, what was the process of migrating that audience that you had from, I guess they've, they've been at the buffet. How do you sell them on the steak dinner? So, um, I still, I still give stuff away for free and I still show up a lot. Um, I go through a few phases and I think every creator probably feels this, that especially like when you've had launches, you're like, okay, <laughs> I need two or three weeks off of showing up online. But I show up consistently online um, two to three times a week. Plus we also have a podcast and I we give away a lot for free. I give away a lot for free still, but I've made a conscious effort that because there's something, something within a Facebook group that people think that that can be a membership. I don't know what it is, but I just found that when they're getting something for free within a Facebook group that, um, that they think that they're a member. And so we took all of it outside of Facebook. So it was things like, um, and when we were having launches, when we were opening up our membership, we always do. I, I give away a lot of value for free and we are consistently sharing that because sometimes as well that there's people who can't afford you right now, but maybe can afford you in six months or a year or are thinking about it kind of on the periphery and they need to have so many touch points with you before they decide that they know, like, and trust you enough to invest their money with you. So I do recommend giving things away for free. I am a big advocate of actually giving away real value for free. I don't like it. I know um, when I was getting into the digital space, because I knew everything about running a business, but then I was like, I'm going to have a digital business. I didn't really fully understand what that involved. So I did a lot of online learning. And one of the things that, that I saw a lot of people would talk about was, you know, talk about the, the what and kind of tease them but don't give them everything. And 
that always made me feel a little bit uncomfortable that I was like, but I want them to know how good I am. I want them to see, you know, if this is the value that I'm giving you for free, can you imagine what you get inside the membership if I'm letting you have access to this? And so I have a completely different view to that, but we, we have it on different channels. So it will be the podcast. It will be the, the blog. We have a, a blog post every week, um, on our Kajabi site that we'll post. And then we'll do a number of posts across social media. So we'll take that blog and maybe repurpose it on. LinkedIn. Maybe I'll do a live and go and talk about it. The other thing as well is I'll also do a lot with our membership, our members. So I'll do live streams every week with one of our members where, you know, I'll basically interview them like this, but we'll do it live. And so it goes out across um, to an audience of 40,000 across social media as well. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, I'd love for you to, I guess, for anyone who's listening, uh, you know, either live or on the recording later, um, uh, what's the best way for them to get to know a little bit more about you, get to know about the Female Fusion offer? Uh, well, they can find uh, Female Fusion. We're, we're across all the social media platforms. So we're Female Fusion Network, um, all one word on Instagram and also on LinkedIn, Facebook. They can also find us. Our website is femalefusionnetwork.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll, of course, have that all in the show notes for everyone. Uh, I'd like to end it on a note, uh, hopefully a positive note. Uh, I guess, and I always have a hard time asking this question, but like, because you, you've just shared so much of this journey already, but what for you has been the main motivating factor? What has been the biggest change for you as a result of you taking this entrepreneurial journey? What I love is that what I am doing now makes a difference to the world. And I never really realized that until recently, like when I have so many women telling me about how we've changed their lives. And that to me is so powerful. I've heard stories of women saying to me that because of you, I've been able to, um, you know, build my business make enough money to pay to send my skid, my kids to school to, you know, pay for, you know, X, Y, or Z, or, you know, some women as well. There's been stories I've heard that like I've been in an abusive marriage for years because I've learned how to have a business and how to have a profitable business that I've been able to exit that. And when you hear stories like that, or I hear stories like we, we have a lot of partners, like we're sponsored by Stripe and MasterCard and a number of banks. And so we're able to give our members like unbelievable discounts. So I had a member say to me, I was about to close down my business and because the shipping fees were so high and we've negotiated with one shipping partner globally, 45% discount. They are, it is the lowest discount that they've ever given anyone. And I was like, and I said that to them. I'm, you have to give me the lowest price because, you know, it doesn't matter like these other big companies. What you're doing is investing in women to build a business and this builds a community. So that's really kind of what motivates me is that we're making a difference in the world. Well, I can't imagine a better way to end this conversation. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, both to share with us on stage at Kajabi Hero Live, as well as uh, spend some time on a podcast with us. Thank you so much, Jared. It's been such an honor. I feel so grateful to to be here. Just amazing. And I'm so grateful as well, just for, for Kajabi, that I am the biggest fan for Kajabi, that it's really 
supported us to build our business and help so many women all over the world. So thank you. I love it. Well, with that said, that is all we have for you this week. We thank you for listening to us and we will look forward to chatting with you next week on the Online Business Edge podcast.